This week's guest is Dominique Jackson, who joins us from sunny and warm Scottsdale, Arizona. Originally from Akron, Ohio, Dominique got her start in the industry when she got her first job bartending at a hookah lounge in Akron. Dominique talks about developing her interest in bartending at that time and how she decided to take the craft seriously. Dominique also discusses competing in cocktail competitions and the work that she puts into making a cocktail list and the inspiration that helps drive the decisions for that list. Dominique's another great guest. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Industry Podcast. My name is Kip. This is Dan. What's going on with you, buddy? Hey, not much. Just hanging out. Not yeah, literally. Points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just enjoying the uh, super cold snap we got going on here right now. Mm, you're not allowed to leave your fucking house anyway. Yeah, so. that's true. Everything's <laughs> going with you. It's uh, pretty much the same. Yeah, we're in uh, the first week of yet another bar and restaurant lockdown. Yep. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. I got to apply for more government assistance today. That's oh, uh, awesome. Yeah, they're giving us a whopping $300 a week. Woo. Minus, the, but this time they're taking the tax off right away. So you only get 270 Oh, nice. That's nice. <laughs> great. Yeah. That'll last you a couple of days. Yeah, should be good. Well, again, I can't leave the house, so I don't, can't really yeah. spend it on yeah. anything. So that's the yeah, other that's thing. that's true. Okay, so enough about that bullshit. Um, we have a uh, great guest as always. Dominique Jackson is going to be joining us in just a moment. Before we get there, just a reminder that if you like the show, you should be subscribing, rating, reviewing, all that good shit. And if you want to be a guest on the show, just reach out to us at info at the industry club by email, or you can DM us at the industry podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And make sure you check out the archives of the show. This is episode 96. So we got a lot of episodes in the can. Yeah. What, what are some of the more recent ones? I can remember shit. <laughs> Uh, last week it was Andrew Duh. Prior to that it was Cadrian Pasul, Elise Surgery, Olola Lau from China. Oh yeah, those all good episodes. Yeah, you should check Tyler them out. Smith and Siobhan Monahan. So those were the last. Just a bevy of great interviews. Mm-hmm, correct. Also, as always, we will give a shout out to Zach Hanna at zachhanna.co for the great artwork he does for us, and you should be checking him all the cool stuff he's doing with his new company. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's it then. Enough about us. And now let's talk about Dominique. How are you, Dominique? I'm well, I'm well. How are you guys? Doing well. I know. Just living through more lockdowns. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. What's what's, uh, the situation? You're in Scottsdale. Uh, What's the situation there? Are you guys, are bars open or? Yeah, everything's uh, still at 100% capacity uh show, show no, like <laughs> I, no i feel i feel so bad even saying that like <laughs> that's all right we fucked it all up here in ontario i think so. it was like i i'm actually kind of sweating <laughs> um, but yeah everything's <laughs> well i'm glad I, we are actually happy for you wow. uh, <laughs> So let's dive right into it. I'm glad that things are open in Scottsdale. So, but you didn't start out your career in Scottsdale. You're from Akron, Ohio? Yes, yes. Okay, so talk to us a little bit about how you first got into the service industry, what your first job was, et cetera. So when I started bartending, I was 21, like most kids. Um, and I started out at a hookah lounge in Akron, Ohio, strangely enough. And there I made hookahs and I bartended. They had a full service bar, which is really uh, rare because most places that you go to that have hookah, uh, hookahs, you can't smoke and drink in the same in the same establishment. But yeah, ever since then, like I fell in love with like weird flavors 
kids and different cultures. And I, I don't know, like, it kind of just stuck with me. And I couldn't imagine like sitting at a desk and having someone tell me what to do for right. eight hours out of the day. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'd rather stick behind the bar and tell somebody like what they have to drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of interesting, a hookah lounge, because like, yeah, I don't think any of the ones here have, no, are you're allowed just, to have just smoking only, smoking here. only here. So, yeah. but that's even rare there. So, what's the, what kind of crowd are you getting for a drinking crowd at a place like that? Uh, you know, like. Long Island's um, yeah. lemon drop martinis. I don't know. It's like vodka sodas. Nothing crazy. Yeah. So, but at this point, you figured out that that's kind of what you want to do. At what point did you decide to discover that you wanted to get into more like craft cocktailing? Um, I feel like it was probably about two or three years ago when I really started getting in like craft bartending because I realized I'm like, well, what the fuck do I want to do? do with the rest of my life and right. i definitely don't want i don't i don't want uh like i said a desk job so i really took what i was doing seriously and i really buckled down and started reading books and um visiting cocktail bars and talking to my friends and i developed a love for it what books were you reading specifically death and co death yeah, and co was course, the first yeah. one in cocktail codex so it just has every the, like all the little details about shit that like i would never would think that would be important like something as simple as like a Nick and Nora glass or the proper name for like a swizzle stick. Right. Um, I don't know. Like that stuff matters, you know? Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. That's, we had Alex Jump, uh, who's the bar manager at Death Co. in Denver on the show not too long ago. They have a new book out now. Yeah, she uh, was episode 87. Yeah. 87. There you go. Yeah. So I haven't checked it out yet, but uh, that's something everybody should be doing. Just a little, we'll just drop a little uh, love on Alex there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So when we first reached out to you, or well, like when, uh, when I was talking to you more recently about scheduling, the one thing you had mentioned is that you were. Uh, competing in like your first cocktail competition or you were saying you were auditioning for it so describe to us exactly what the process was there and what the competition is so it's it happens at arizona cocktail weekend which is uh president's day weekend and the competition is held by rndc um, it's called last slinger standing and they invite mixologists and bartenders from across arizona to come and make a cocktail um, out of their catalog of spirits and liqueurs and you get six minutes and they just give you a bottle and they say make something for me and <laughs> you figure it out <laughs> oh really it's that it's like that's that's all the direction you get yeah <laughs> oh wow that's so uh, a little broad <laughs> yeah that sounds like it so what did you make <laughs> so i i don't know why but lately i've been really into tiki cocktails so i they gave us three options, three different spirits is mezcal, rum, and I forget the last one. But as soon as I saw the mezcal, I'm like, fuck, I guess I'm making a mezcal tiki cocktail. And I made a like a split base mezcal pineapple rum cocktail with orgeat, cinnamon syrup, lime, pineapple, and then I garnished it with some sage. Nice. And so is, is that the only part of the competition then that... You just have to make a drink for them or there's no like speed part of it or. I'm not quite sure. Um, this is my first time like even getting like hearing about Arizona cocktail weekend, but I think it's like a series of rounds. 16 people make it out of 80 contestants. Oh, and wow. then you like the, they give you it's just they give you just random things to make drinks out like sometimes. I've heard that people made cup, you'd have to make a cup out of a pineapple or if you like blended drinks or just like, just, just random things. Like 
you don't get to learn about what you're going to be making a drink out of until that, like literally seconds before the round starts. Oh, Jesus. That's, that sounds stressful. Um, <laughs> it's terrifying. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, we interviewed Elise, who goes by the badass bartender a while ago. Yeah. Been ep- many, many episodes ago. So I'm wondering if you'll see her there because you're obviously going to make it. So. Um, I- Oh my God. I, I mean, I hope so. I've been, like I said, I've been wanting to, I've been just so stressed out about it because I, I mean, I love what I do for a living and I don't know, getting to compete uh, on a grand scale or like on a grandstand with like people that um, I look up to would just be like a big moment for me in my career. So mm-hmm. uh, it'd be dope to see her there too. Yeah. Uh, so she's what part of Arizona is she from again? Phoenix? I don't yeah, remember. I can't recall. It's not, it's a, this, got, this is not about her. I got too trapped <laughs> in that episode. <laughs> uh, okay, so getting back to Dominique. Uh, <laughs> so you start out in Akron. At what point did you decide that you were going to make the move to Arizona? Uh, well, after the first uh, shutdown in March of 2020, when uh, pretty much the whole country shut down, I, I think the whole world shut down, I was like, well, this is the first time in my life that nothing is holding me here. You know, like I love my friends. I love where I work, but here for me and I want to do, they always say that you should move somewhere across the country or like do something big um, in your life. And I thought that was the right time to do it. So I visited Arizona a few times to visit family. And, um, I've loved it out here. The weather's great. There's so many things to do. Um, it's not cold as fuck like it is in Ohio. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> cause pretty much the only thing there is to do in Ohio is to drink and maybe like and eat, drink and eat. <laughs> Yeah, that's all there is to do here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be fucking Arizona. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that, that, that. It was like minus 15 Fahrenheit this morning when I got outside to shovel the driveway. So it's, uh, yeah, you're not missing much. <laughs> I, honestly, the I, there was, I think it was negative, not negative, um, uh, it was 40 some degrees here, like maybe a couple weeks ago. And I thought, I, I was like, when did I become such a little bitch? <laughs> like, I remember when it was like negative 20 and it, like having to bundle up on like two jackets, like in four pairs of jeans. But uh, ow, now I can't even do like 50 degrees is a lot for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to fucking, I have a New Year's resolution for the industry podcast and that is no more interviewing people from warm climate yeah. spots because it just makes me feel sad about my life. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not, it's not your fault. Not your fault. Okay. So, well, let's talk a little bit about Akron in general. You said there's not much to do there but drink or eat, but what is the bar scene like? <laughs> is there a big, is there a burgeoning craft cocktail scene in Akron? Not that I really got into a lot because most of the places people i just feel like people aren't as passionate about it in akron as much as they are here in phoenix plus there are a lot more people out here i guess Mm. um there are like a a few standouts i i would say there might be a handful of craft cocktail places that you could find and those places are just absolutely stellar one in a million but it's not really the scene there, you know, mm-hmm. like it's more about like sports and family and stuff right. like that. <laughs> so more like beer. Yes. Beer. Lots <laughs> of beer. Honest. Well, I used to actually run a craft beer bar for a little bit that did craft cocktails. So Ohio, I think is the amount of craft breweries that are in Ohio are, um, 
in, insane. <laughs> yeah. Ohio's huge for, I remember I was in Cleveland a, a while ago and it was just like, it seemed like every corner there was another craft brewery. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, then, it's because if it's, no, it's sorry, go too, ahead. if it's, I'm sorry, if it's too cold, you don't have to walk that far to the next brewery. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at least when I was there, you will pass three different spots that have closed down permanently. <laughs> okay, so it, now you move out to Arizona, and obviously there's a bigger sort of craft cocktailing scene going on there. Was this sort of intimidating for you because you hadn't really done a whole lot of that yet to jump into a scene where there's more, more like where there's more of a cocktail scene? Incredibly, like I was scared shitless because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, and all of these people are have been doing this for craft cocktailing for years. They're like have been had mentors who have been been mixologists for such a long time and i'm over here like hi like yeah can i join your club (laughs) (laughs) and i actually i applied to like 30 some different places online when i first moved out here and none of them hit me back and the only uh reason why i landed on the job that i have now is because i went to have a drink by myself on my birthday because i didn't nobody out here and, that, uh, that is so fucking sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, but it's see, led to great things. Okay. <laughs> it made me feel a little bit better about the cold weather, though. So. <laughs> see? That's, that's what you're here for, to cheer my spirits. Okay, no. So you. so you go out for a drink by yourself. Continue. <laughs> and the girl that was bartending at the the bar that I was at was actually from Ohio. And she asked me how I was like, how I was handling getting a job out here because, you know, the state had just opened back up and uh, I told her like my hardships and she's like, well, we're actually opening up sister, sister restaurant bar. And that's how I have my job now. Oh, wow. That's that stroke of good fortune. Yeah, super random. Yeah, especially when you've been like, I'm kind of surprised too, like having applied to so many places because it seems like everybody's desperate for service staff right now. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I figured because, you know, there's probably like a ton of people that or we're looking to move or they just see like all of my jobs are in Ohio. So I could, I could possibly not even be like like in state. And I, I, I got it, but uh, I'm happy that it worked out the way that it did. Yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about the bar that you're, you're still working at the same spot too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the spot that you work at and uh, like, what's the kind of vibe there? So it's uh, called Casimir's. It used to be, it, it had, been, it's been in the same place for 20 years and it used to be a world wine bar and then it transitioned um, about two years ago into a wine and whiskey bar and now over the past um, since it's reopened since the shutdown so in October of 2020 it reopened back up we're kind of more like a live music lounge with a curated selection of like cocktails wine whiskey just like the best like try to have like the best of everything mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. Yeah, <laughs> more more reasons to go to Arizona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, damn it. <laughs> okay, so and now you've just recently done your first list there, right? Yeah, yeah, my first cocktail menu. Oh yeah. So tell us about how you went about piecing it together. I'm always interested to talk to bartenders about what they think is the key to making a, a great cocktail list. So maybe give us a, a little walkthrough of how you came up with yours. So I've been working on it for the past 
six months, I would say. And for me personally, I don't like making drinks just to make them. I feel like I have to be like inspired by something or have like have an amazing food dish that makes me want to make a drink that pairs perfectly with it. Or I have a cocktail and I'm like, well, I think that I'd love to have this with passion fruit instead of mango or just like just little things that keep me like keep me inspired. And I always keep a journal on me just in case, just to write down the experiences that I have. And I, I, for my, for menus, for me personally, I always think that they're 90% for your guests and then 10% for you. So Mm -hmm. as long as you're thinking about who you're making it for first, you can make whatever creative concoctions later. And as long as you're genuine with making your cocktails, honestly, you always make good shit as long as you're making shit that you love. Right. And I think that's a, that's a good point, too, because uh, I think a lot of what happens now is because the craft cocktail scene has exploded so much, like worldwide, that a lot of us bartenders, we just start jerking ourselves off about, like, <laughs> sort of how good we are and, like, either trying to sort of making something, like, way off the beaten path just to say that we did it or to impress other bartenders rather than keep thinking about who's actually going to be drinking the things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I could make weird shit all day, but the only person that's going to want to drink it is me, and I'm the only one that's going to appreciate it because <laughs> I'm the one that spent, like, hours on this, and no one's going to want, like, some weird reduction with the uh, infused whatever. And they're like, well, why did you make this? Like, for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely but, went through a phase like that where I was it, just trying to outdo myself, and I was just, like, making some weird shit. And then and then we I put it on my list, and... <laughs> then nobody would fucking order it so because it was too weird, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, just not, it's not, not great for the bar. <laughs> no, no, because then you have to explain, like, well, this is why I did it. Yeah. It makes sense in my head. <laughs> yeah, like a cocktail is kind of like a joke in that respect. Like if you have to explain it to the person, <laughs> then it's probably not a good thing. Right, right. Get it. Like, don't you understand it? You yeah. Know? Just, it, only makes, like, it only makes sense in your head. So when you're putting your list together, do you put any thought into like, oh, I need a vodka drink, a gin drink, a rum drink? Or, or, do you, or are you just like sort of creating drinks as you go? And if they meet your standards, then they go on. Uh, yes and no. I try to keep like a healthy balance of everything. We don't really do vodka drinks here because I just feel like there's so many more beautiful spirits that <laughs> thank you <laughs> that um, you could use that take a little bit more time and like love and affection to bake rather than using vodka. But don't get me wrong, vodka has its place in the world. Uh, I know it almost seems like a cop out, though, right? Because it's most vodkas you're not going to really taste the spirit in the drink so if you're making like a spirit forward cocktail then like you're not going to use vodka yeah because like i can see the whole because you know with the whole like espresso martini boom yeah now because everyone's drinking espresso martinis vodka has become uh more for me i vodka is more prevalent in my life with that aspect but you know I feel like you can infuse. I'd rather infuse like a over like a high proof rye whiskey or just like a breakfast print. Because I like using neutral grain spirits like vodka for tinctures and things like that, and less for base spirits and cocktails. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Because basically, too, like a discerning cocktail drinker, 
Like if you come in and look at someone's list and you're the guest and you're used to going to cocktail bars, like you're pretty much skipping over anything that's made with vodka right away, I feel like. For the most part, but yeah. unless it's something super obscure, I might I might dabble, but nine times out of 10, I'm more of like an agave spirit drinker. So it's always... I lean that way. Okay, Scottsdale, say, compared to Phoenix, like, obviously, we know there's a big cocktail scene in Phoenix. How is how is it different in Scottsdale, or is it? Um, I would say that Scottsdale and Phoenix are incredibly close to each other. They're probably about 20 minutes apart. Oh. Um, oh. For me... See, I, I don't like, know shit about yeah, geography. They're super, <laughs> <laughs> they're super, super close. Okay. Um, Phoenix, I see, I catch myself drinking in Phoenix more than I do in Scottsdale, but I feel like it's slowly creeping up this way because people are realizing that drinking better leads to better, I don't know, to me, drinking better is just better for you all around rather than having vodka sodas and ranch waters and all that good stuff. What's ranch water? Ranch water is this, it's another trendy thing that's happening right now with uh, it's equal parts tequila lime juice and specifically Topo Chico. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sort of variation on white claw or something. Yeah. Totally yeah. yeah. <laughs> different. Pretty wow. much. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just didn't know what that was. Oh, so. you're fine. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like now there are people. Basically, what you're getting at is that there are more people in the area who are starting to drink better in a way. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Like they're realizing. Like you can have all those flavors in a cocktail, and I, I, I don't know. Well, I feel like I'm digressing. Um, <laughs> uh, the one thing I was that's sort of interesting to talk about. Do you think, in general, that that's the way society is moving? Like w- w- people go out less now, especially during the time that they haven't been able to go out to bars and restaurants during this this fucking ridiculous pandemic. Are people become? Do you feel like people are becoming more discerning about where they want to go and what they want to drink more recently? Because like people are going out less often, so if they go out, they want like sort of a better experience than just like it's like sports and beer and this ranch water thing you talk of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100, 100%. It's because uh, anyone can watch sports at home and they can make their uh, vodka sodas and drink their white claws at home, but you can only get craft cocktail experiences or especially with Casimir's. The fact that we have live music every night that we're open, it's not something that you can bring home, you know? Like, And I feel like more people, especially with to-go cocktails now, because to-go cocktails are um, still a thing in Arizona, people getting to make the to-go cocktails at home or um, learning more and drinking smarter. People, people are creating better experiences for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's funny too, because like the one thing is I was worried about a little bit when we all started the, well, the, the big word of the pandemic is pivot. When we all started pivoting to like doing to-go cocktails or online cocktail classes or what what everybody was doing during this these lockdowns my was i got concerned for a little bit that oh well now we're just teaching them how to do what we do so why do they need to go out anymore but i think what's happened instead is people are just like no they people are always going to go out but they do tend to trend more towards places that it's a bit more of an experience yeah oh 100 percent because that's why it's so important for bartenders and mixologists to like hold themselves to a higher standard because they're creating experiences for people, you know, like you have no idea 
like how much you could change a person's day. They're they're looking at you to to create this like something special for them because nobody wants to go out anymore unless I, for me personally, I only go out if it's different. I don't like sitting at a sports bar. Like I'm going to go have a good cocktail and good conversation with people that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you're. I think you're right about it. And I think that's the way the trend is basically moving because, I, like, yeah, it, it's it just exactly your point that if you're you can just crack open a white claw at home and watch the game, and it's probably a more comfortable experience if you just want to watch the game than going to a bar anyway. So, do you feel like? With this, I guess, like the trends moving this direction, it's also probably going to become a little bit more competitive for bars to try and provide an experience that's different, different. and unique for the guests. Do you think that that's what do you uh, perceive the challenges for bars in this situation are going to be? I think that it's easy for a lot of places to become like carbon copies of each other. There's a lot of places that just feel like the same with different with incredibly similar similar menus but different architecture on the inside that's why it's really important to hire people that are i don't know involved with what they're doing or involved it like that do more than their job does that make sense like to have a life outside of their career because those things create experiences and those experience you have stories to tell yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, and I never really thought about it that way. But and th- those experiences can come through either like you just talking to the guest, or it can come through in like the drinks that you're making because you've you've had an experience outside of your work life that maybe brought a new flavor into your flavor profile, and then like you can transfer that into what you're serving a guest. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So this place, it's, uh, you're you're dealing with wine. Uh, cocktails and whiskey for the most part. Uh, how big is it? Like how many people do you have on staff? So we only have four bartenders and then normally we fluctuate anywhere between five to seven servers. So it's a pretty small, small staff. And how, how long have you been working there? A little over a year now. A little over a year. And you're already like sort of the head bartender making all the, making the cocktail list. That's, uh, that's some uh, rapid uh, progression. I just a little bit. (laughs) I kind of just, I I just, I kind of just took the role myself because turnover is really bad right now. Because you know, a lot of people are going from restaurants, bars, bar to restaurant, figuring out what fits for them and what works for their life. And it just came to a point where I said, I mean, I've been here for a little bit. I can take it over. I'll do it. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, that's good for you. (laughs) You must feel vindicated by making the move from Akron to like the Phoenix Scottsdale area because like you're working at a hookah lounge in one spot and now all of a sudden you're making a whole cocktail list for a craft cocktail spot and like in an area where they're much more open to it. Yes. I mean, I, I'm super grateful about everything. Like, um, I'm super grateful about all the opportunities that I was given or that I've put myself out there and, um, taken because thinking if I thought back, when I started at the hookah lounge bartending that I'd be in Scottsdale, Arizona, sweating my ass off in January, making cocktail menus, I would say you're, you're lying. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, but that's great. I mean, just getting back to your list for a brief moment, like when you are making the list, when you're putting it together, what are you, like, are you, is there a format that you're looking for specifically, or are you just like, these are the drinks that I have 
been fucking around with that have tested well, so they're just going on? Or do you think about how you're formatting it at all? So I like to do like half and half. So this one that I just put out, I like to do classics or familiar cocktails that people know. So like Manhattans and Sazeracs and Vucarets and all that good stuff. And then I'll do the same amount of craft cocktails where it's just kind of like all over the place. And it can be anywhere from Brazilian inspired drinks to creating a riff on a gin martini to just mezcal tiki cocktails. <laughs> uh, okay. So what due to the fact that you're sort of have like really kind of progressed very quickly, what advice would you give to somebody who's sort of looking to do the same thing? Or do you think that your experience is specifically unique? I, I, I think anybody could, I, I think anybody can be amazing at bartending or mixology. It's just like the, the drive that you have to do it to really study and buckle down and ask questions and be, I don't know, I guess a lot of it is humility. I know that it took me a little bit to learn to ask for help because I'm a, I can be stubborn a lot (laughs) (laughs) and uh, just asking questions about everything or why something tastes someplace tastes a certain way. It'll, it'll, it'll take you a lot far up a lot further once you start asking why. Yeah, that is good advice. I think a lot of people are often either afraid or intimidated to to ask those questions because they feel like, oh, I'm, they're going to make fun of me because I don't really know the answer to that or whatever. But I always like say at my place is like, just ask them. There's no, there really are no dumb questions. Just ask as many. Oh, actually, that's not true. I did get asked a dumb question once. I, somebody asked me how we make a Ryan Coke at this bar. Like if the recipe's in the title, yeah. then you don't need directions. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so yes there are dumb questions uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but but in general like i think you're right that, that that's advice i would give to people as well just like honestly ask if you don't know fucking ask or try and do some of the research yourself at home like i know like what you said doing a lot of reading of cocktail books and stuff that's super valuable oh 100 i wouldn't know half the shit that i know now if i didn't read cocktail codex like i like i said like i the proper name for a sizzle stick or nick and nora glasses or the fact that there are double rocks glasses and rocks glasses like i i didn't know any of that no one knows that stuff unless you're brought up around it so Mm. it's super valuable well that's that's great advice to give to people and I'm, I, we got to congratulate you for coming so far so quickly. So good for you. And let us know how things go with the competition so we can post it when we when this episode drops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I honest, I keep looking at my notifications. And, I mean, to see, they keep popping up to see if I, uh, if I get t- tagged in something or right. not. But I keep along with the heat like the nervousness of seeing if i made it to the top 16 is a lot for me yeah it's a lot of sweat yes (laughs) (laughs) okay well dominique thanks so much is there anything that you would like us to promote regarding your social media or anything like that now's a good time to let us know i guess i mean if anyone is that interested in my life they really want to follow me it's at drinking with dom and then the bar that i work at is at kaz bar scottsdale just to follow the live music and all the cool drinks that we're dropping. 
Nice. Well, if they made it to this point of the podcast and are still listening, then they're obviously interested in your life. So I would be surprised, honestly. I'm, I just make drinks. I make drinks and I drink drinks. But that's what this show's about. You'd be surprised how many people are really interested in it. Like, yeah. We're always surprised that people are listening. So, <laughs> But thanks so much for doing the show, Dominique. We really appreciate that's it. Was... dope, though. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, you're dope, too. It was great meeting you, and uh, thanks for doing the show. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to me ramble. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs>